Welcome to episode 11 of Nine on Hockey. Earn, we are back for episode 11. It's been a while since we've done a podcast. Yeah, uh, Thanksgiving break. I think we all gained about 10 pounds. Got to get back to the gym, but it's uh, good to be back in the studio with you, Bob. I, you know, truth be told, Earn was holding out, so I had to buy him lunch today to you know renegotiate <laughs> his contract. So a little Mediterranean food, you always like that. How about uh, the New York Islanders? What a November, huh? Unbelievable. Everything's uh, clicking for him right now, and uh, you, you talk about some of the players that they had, but uh, that one goal that uh, John Tavares set up in overtime, the uh, individual effort the other night, just unbelievable. One-handed toe drag from his backhand, and uh, the Islanders are rolling right now, and uh, we're actually getting looking forward to see them next week, uh, Tuesday in Tampa, and catch our first hockey game together this year. No, that's going to be awesome. I had the, Obviously, I've been following the Islanders around the country, it seems like. I got to, I got to see a the blowout in Dallas. Then I went to St. Louis. I got to see them win the the big game there. And then I was up in New York last week, and uh, my daughter and I got to see that goal firsthand. You know, it's funny. I've watched. I must have watched that video probably twenty times. What's amazing about that is, could if you're Sean Couturier, can you play any better defense than he did on that play on a three on three? No, I mean he was up on him. I actually thought right before he was going to get a cross checking penalty, gave him a little shot in the back, and uh, Tavares uh, strong on his skates, held up, but. The effort, the second effort, the third effort by uh, Tavares on that was just unbelievable. Couturier was just on him, on him, but uh, superstars find a way to get it done, and he found a way to to break loose and make an unbelievable play to get that to set up that goal to win in overtime. Yeah, I mean credit to Josh Bailey, everyone's favorite uh, Islander to kill. He's having a you know top ten in scoring right now, but he finished that playoff. It was a you know the original shot gets saved and he puts home the rebound. So it uh, it's just amazing. And then they you know they fall behind by two goals in Philadelphia on uh, you know Black Friday and you know find a way to come back there. And uh, Nick Letty, uh, oh. you, you know what a beautiful set by our boy Josh Hosang just. Uh, they're, they're just a fun team to watch, and I think a lot of it has to do with, I'm not bragging right now, but my preseason pick on the Calder Trophy. I think you thought I was crazy yeah. at that point, but who's not on the Matt Barzell bandwagon right now? Oh, man, he is unbelievable. Skilled, talented. He's young. He's going to be there for a long time, but, uh, you know, we talk about the Islanders. Good teams find a way to win, and that's what they're doing right now, and that goal you talked about with Nick Letty the other day, un- unbelievable individual effort when he, you know, he made a nice little move, and then he cut back on the defenseman, and he just roofed it, and six LA after, but, uh, what, what a great play, but the Islanders are finding ways to win right now. And that's what good teams do. No, it's interesting. I mean, basically they're going to finish November. I think it was, uh, um, 11, three and one. So they're, you know, really good, uh, you know, just a tremendous, uh, uh, you know, month and, you know, November has been a problem for the Islanders in the past last year in particular. And a couple of years ago, that was always the month that kind of knocked them out of the playoffs. And I think the old adage is you can't, you don't make the playoffs in November, but you certainly can lose the playoffs in November. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. And, and you look, and I know you, you liked, uh, you sent a picture out and tweeted it last week. Islanders sitting in the top of the division there, number one. And, um, but lasted all of five minutes, well, yeah, but, but, uh, Hey, you still got a snapshot of it and set it out, but the Islanders are rolling right now. And, uh, it's a long season. We always talk about it. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. But uh, like you said, you, you can't win it in November, but uh, you can fall behind losing games. And you can see that now uh, the Canadians are battling back right now. Carey Price finally back in the lineup for them and uh, getting the last three wins. He's standing on his head. Saved 102 shots. He saved 100 of them. So uh, 
with Marshall. It's good to have him back. But, uh, you know, you got to win games in uh, November, October, November, December to try to make the playoffs. And, and look, the, uh, the there's not a lot of room between the top and, you know, the, and not making the playoffs. The Rangers right now, what, look, are five points out of the playoffs, uh, out of first place in the Metropolitan Division, and they're sitting outside a playoff spot right now. So it goes yeah. to show you a good week or a bad week can really make a big difference. But you're, you're starting to see – uh, I mean, there's been some surprises across the league, I think both on the positive and negative. And, you know, one of the big surprises, I think, is a huge positive. And I know, uh, you know, we root for the Devils quite a bit because of Blake Coleman. And, the, you know, the, you get to spend some time with him in the summer. But what a story the Devils have been. Unbelievable right now, especially uh, Brian Boyle coming back. It just adds on to the story. Uh, but they, uh, they're playing well. Uh, they made a big trade today, sending Adam Henrique um, out of there. And, and uh, they're just more opportunities for guys to uh, to get some playing time. And, uh, you know, they continue to roll right now, but long season. Yeah, I mean, being able to get a guy like Sammy Kapanen from, you know, Anaheim, and I think every team right now, especially with goal scoring being up, there's such an emphasis right now on keeping the puck out of the neck. But I don't know about you, I think this is maybe one of the most entertaining brands you know, in a season, in a long time, I know the NHL has spent a considerable amount of time trying to open up the game, try and make it more fan friendly, increase goal scoring, and they've done that. They've done it, yeah. and and all you hear now is people saying, "Hey, we got to keep the puck out of the net." Well, yeah. it, it's you know, when scoring goes up, save percentage is going to go down. It's yeah. just a no, hundred percent. And then you talk about the surprises uh, of the shockers, and I think uh, I know you're going to we'll get into it, but scoring wise, uh, the Edmonton Oilers, one of those teams that we talked about looking to. Uh, make a run for the cup and they're they're almost they're in the cellar right now right in front of arizona um you know trying to battle battle back with the team that they have you got Connor mcdavid but uh it's not going well for them uh this early in the season hey as a new york islander fan peter shirelli is a general manager of the year i just wanted to thank him very much <laughs> you know we were at the draft in 2015 yeah. with the uh you know, the trade for Griffin Reinhardt that got basically the Islanders, uh, Matt Barzell. And then uh, what a deal to, you know, be able to move, you know, Ryan Strong, who I, I like quite a bit as a player. But I, I think two months in, there's no question about it. The Islanders are winning with the Jordan Eberle trade. Oh, 100%. 100%. And, and the, the key to the Islanders right now is they have two, three lines that are going that they can score. You're not just relying on uh, the top line there for the Islanders. So, they're getting uh, they're getting scoring from everywhere, and, and the defense is obviously chipping in, as you saw Nick Letty the other night. But uh, they're rolling right now, and uh, goaltending holding them in so far. Again, another surprise. You know, I, I would have thought when I think we did the last podcast was right after the uh, Vegas Golden Knights came east, and they really they struggled a little bit. They lost to the Islanders, they lost to the Rangers. Uh, you know, they they definitely struggled on their eastern uh, trip, but now they've gone back home and. I mean, they're fifteen, seven, and one with thirty-one points. I, I mean, twenty-three games in, no one in the world would have ever predicted that. Especially, I thought their roster wasn't that good, and with the goaltending injuries they've had. And the thing is, with uh, Las Vegas, is they just work so hard. They're hard on the forecheck. They're hard on the puck all over the ice. And I watch a lot of their games. Become a fan. Obviously, uh, my family's out there, and they're big fans of Vegas. But uh, I, I find myself watching them every night or every chance I can when they're when they're playing on TV and. Um, they're just they're, they're a hardworking team. Gerard Gallant's got them going in the right direction, and let's see how long this could this this could last. Because you're talking about Vegas making the playoffs right now. They're in first place in the in the division ahead of some pretty good teams: the Los Angeles Kings, San Jose Sharks, and uh, you know you got Anaheim. But uh, it, it's fun to watch. It's exciting. That's what makes this game so great. I think the Florida Panthers would like Gerard Gallant and uh, their head coach right now. Yeah, well, you can't go back in time. So. Uh, 
they made their they made the bed. They had a, they got to sleep in it. So let's see what Florida can do. But uh, Gerard Gallant, uh, after being left behind on that road trip, had to find a cab to the airport. Now he's sitting pretty in Las Vegas. I think he a lot of people in Vegas would give him a ride right now. And Absolutely. he's uh, he's the toast of the town at this point. The Columbus Blue Jackets, no surprise that they are at the top of the division. Uh, you know, solid. Bobrovsky's playing yeah. extremely well. There's no surprise there at all. Tampa Bay, I mean, uh, they were world beaters, but uh, they lost to the Islanders. We're going to keep did. playing I that know. Out. We're going to keep the Islanders going for you. <laughs> <laughs> i got to enjoy this, Aaron. It yeah, doesn't I know. happen we'll that let it often. Go. We'll let it go. But no, what a, what a job by them. Coop has just done a tremendous job. And, you you know, it's amazing the moves they made last year. You saw it. They had a you know tough start, the injuries that they had. But really, after they kind of had their sell-off at the trade deadline, again, they were one point out of making the playoffs last year. And you know, Vasilevsky has, you know, performed so well in goal. It's not that they don't miss Ben Bishop, but you can't keep everybody in the salary cap environment. Yeah. Uh, but they can continue on. And, and there's a team that I would be surprised if they don't come out of the Eastern Conference at this point. Oh, absolutely. But the, the one thing, the biggest surprise is Steven Stamkos, knock on wood, hasn't gotten hurt. And the last couple of years, I mean, that's been the downfall of the Lightning. You lose a, a lot of those players, a lot of their top guys uh, have been injured and haven't been in the lineup. And last year they missed out by a point, but they didn't have a lot of their players. Uh, some of their superstars weren't in there. So now you have them back. They're rolling on all cylinders. Uh, the power play is deadly. The goaltending is great. It's just injury. It's got to be injury-free. It's, uh, mm-hmm. we're, in, we're in December now, and uh, we'll see. We've got four or five more months to go. No, it's amazing. But you know, we're at the quarter turn now of uh, of the NHL season, and you know, some of these teams that I think we both thought might have been a little bit flashes in the pen, the New Jerseys, the Vegases, um, they just continue to win, and it really is is tremendous. You know, we we always root you know for the the Maple Leafs because of you know Austin Matthews, and I know he was you know injured a little bit here, but you know after a little bit of a a setback earlier in the month, they're back on their uh, their winning ways, and right you know. Breathing right down the neck of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, you got uh, Nazem Kadri is just playing unbelievable. He played unbelievable last year, and Austin was out. I think he missed like four games or five games, and uh, those other guys stepped up. I mean, Toronto's got a talented, talented club. Uh, they got good goaltending with Freddie Anderson. The biggest, maybe the downfall, or not downfall, but maybe the weak point is the defense. Uh, but uh, Jake Gardner is going to be a great defenseman from uh, here on in. So we'll see if uh, see if the, the Toronto Maple Leafs can continue to roll like they're doing right now because they have a talented team and, once again, got to stay healthy. Now, you mentioned that more than once now about the defense. We talked about goal scoring being up. You're starting to hear some names of players that could be available, Oliver ekman Larson being one of the, the top of that list. What type of premium do you think teams are going to be able to get to parlay defensive players either at the trade deadline or throughout the rest of the season? Because, again, you can go down the list of teams and every one of them would say if there's one thing they could add, it's probably going to be on the you know on the back line. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, every team's looking for a defenseman. I mean, I, I played forward, played fo- both forward and defense, and I, I want to make my kids defensemen because defensemen are valuable commodities in the NHL. Uh, a puck-moving defenseman, big stay-at-home defenseman. I mean, defense wins championships. So if you can find a top top two, top three, top four defenseman to get at the trade deadline and you're in the position to make a run at the Stanley Cup, you've got to bet and believe that uh, you're going to make a move and try to get that guy. And it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you draft picks and uh, and maybe a, a one or two good players. But uh, defense is, is key, especially come playoff time. No, I mean, it just it's not easy to make trades these days. We know it's not only that, but you have to have the salary cap room to be able to, to move in that. So, you know, draft picks are assets, players are assets, but also having salary cap flexibility is going to be huge for a lot of these teams. And, you know, as I look down the list of these teams, there's not a lot at the, especially the top teams, not a lot of teams have 
that much, you know, cap space at the top of the at the top of the division, you know, there. So, you know, one I know your favorite team, the Detroit Red Wings, got off to a good start. Seems to be moving kind of back to the pack a little bit. This was, you know, we thought this was a team that was going to struggle. Do you see them bouncing back? Because I think that third team, third seed in the Atlantic Division is is kind of wide open. I know Boston's kind of fit in there right now, but they're only one point ahead of. Uh, uh, of Detroit, a couple of games in hand. What are your thoughts on the Red Wings? Well, I just think, like I said at the beginning, it's going to be a tough season for Detroit. They started off, they had a nice little run, but uh, I just don't see them. Um, they lost last night to LA 4-1. to I just don't see them uh, making the playoffs this year, to be honest. Uh, I mean, big Red Wing fan and always have been, always will, but I just they just don't have, uh, you got uh, the captain, Henrik Sederberg, 38 years old, one of their top guys. You got to look for more. Uh, Dylan Larkin's got to get some more points, which he's starting to put up points, and uh, you just need more. And I don't think the Red Wings have it to uh, to make that push. I mean, I'd love to see him in the playoffs, like everybody does in Detroit, but I just I just don't see it happening. All right, let's have a little fun here. So the Eastern Conference right now, if the playoffs started today, you'd have Columbus Islanders, Devils, Tampa Bay, Toronto, and Boston, with the wild cards being Washington, Pittsburgh. Do you see any of those teams not making the playoffs? That are in there right now? Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't see um, – I, I think they're – I think Montreal is going to make a run at it. I don't I, – I, the, the biggest team there, the team that I, I think is Boston, um, that might be that one team that's out. I, I mean, I can't see Pittsburgh or Washington not making even though Pittsburgh struggled. I mean, you talk about Murray's being out right now. He's week to week. Um, but Tampa Bay, Toronto – I picked the Islanders to make the playoffs, and they're not proving me wrong here. So um, I don't know. I mean, it's just a tough, tough division. You're going to see a lot of teams that are playoff teams that can make it in the other division with a lot of points that are going to miss the playoffs. And, and uh, you know, it's a chess match every game. Like you said earlier in the show, uh, you know, you have one good weekend and a couple good games. You find yourself at the top of the division. You have a couple bad games. You find yourself uh, knocking on the doorstep to be out of the playoffs. No, and I, I, I've said this to you off off air. I really believe that you're going to see a team in the Metropolitan Division not make the playoffs that will have a better record than the third seed in the Atlantic Division. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, if that may be the case right now with the Rangers is falling into it, they've certainly come back quite a bit. Um, it, it really is – it's been a fun product to watch this year, though. I love the, you know, increased goal scoring. You look at it. Um, you mentioned Pittsburgh with Matt Murray being hurt. Can you believe here we are, you know, after Thanksgiving – and the Penguins not only are, are just barely hanging in the playoff spot, but they have a goal differential uh, of negative 16. Yeah. I, you're not going to win long term. I know down the middle they're not as strong. I, I, you know, I've heard some rumors looking at trying to maybe you know, bring in another a centerman to uh, fill in that uh, spot below you know, Crosby and Malkin. But you just get to a point where you realize there's only so much cap space and so much you can do. But they have got to tighten up in Pittsburgh and – um, you know, I, Mike Sullivan's a great coach, but again, you, you got to have the you got to have the horses there. Yeah, uh, yeah. And right now, and, and you got Malkin's been out injured, and it just seems like every uh, every time they get some the whole lineup back, somebody gets injured or they're out of the lineup. So, um, just one of those things we have to wait and see what happens. You know, and one of the things I just uh, kind of saw right here is the Vancouver Canucks announced that Derek Dorsett will not return to the active roster due to health reasons and risks associated with playing and. You know, Ern, I, you, know, you played pro hockey for 10 years. You, you suffered some injuries. And uh, obviously, we're not going to speculate on what it is. But you, I think sometimes the fans 
look at it in a, you know almost like a fantasy type general manager situation and realize these are really human beings with real issues and there is a risk to playing you know the um, hockey football baseball whatever it is basketball at the highest levels there is risk to um, to these people and you're starting to see that right now were there things that you saw in your career that kind of worried you or is ever a point in your career you were a little worried say oh my god so I might not have the ability to play anymore because of you know an injury. Yeah, I mean everything relates back. I mean you have everything's nowadays is concussions, and that's because the game is so fast. Guys are bigger, guys are stronger. I mean, and for myself, uh, you know, fracturing my skull. I, mean, I almost died at 18 years old. Hit my head on the ice, fractured my skull. Was in a coma for uh, 11, 12 days, and uh, had to learn how to walk and talk again. So, yeah, a scary moment for me that could have ended my life. But you, you have to think that when you hear something like that, uh, Dorset. I mean, hopefully he's okay, but you got to think maybe concussion or something like that. I mean, if it was a knee or, or shoulder, those are, those are timetables where, yeah, he'll be back in five or six months. But when they, they say risk associated with playing, you have to think a concussion system or, or something like that with your head. But uh, every sport, you know, you talk about football, you talk about hockey, all these sports is, you know, head related to contact sports and they're dangerous games. Guys get hurt, guys get killed. Um, so yeah, you're looking out after players. It's not just a fantasy thing. These are pe- players' lives, people's lives, and you, you have to watch out for uh, for them. No, and I mean, you, you kind of mentioned your situation that happened right before your freshman year in college, and I mean, to think about that—that that, you know, they, you you almost lost your life, and then the, hockey certainly wasn't even a, a consideration for you at that moment. But you had the will and the, the fortitude to come back, and then had a successful college career, and then. You know, certainly a, a you know a very successful pro career throughout the American uh, ECHL league. So it's uh, it is scary, and you read about some of the players, some of the tough guys too, that have had very difficult situations after their career. And uh, you know, it's just one of those things that you look at and say it's not. Uh, I think fans get sometimes excited or, uh, or or a little angry when players get pay these big contracts, but then you realize what's at risk. And there are a lot of guys, of course, that play for a lot less. You see it here in the coast yeah. with uh, you know, guys playing for a couple hundred dollars a week that are unbelievably talented and maybe with the right opportunity could easily be a bottom six forward or, a, you know, a six defenseman in the, in the national hockey league. They just don't have the opportunity. So it's uh, when a player does have the opportunity to cash in, it's uh, yeah. you wish them the best and that guaranteed contract goes a long way, but there's a risk both, as a player uh, during your career and then also the effects after your career. Oh, 100%. And, and that's the one thing that you see a lot of these uh, tough guys getting the effects after they get done playing, and uh, it all relates to the head injuries and, and other injuries, not just going to say the head, but, uh, you know, it is, it's a game. It's a sport that we play. We know that these are the risks, and, you know, this could happen. But, you know, it's something that we love to do, and, and I don't think after even being retired now for uh, nine years or whatever it is, it just doesn't leave your system. And you always feel like you're a player and you can still do it. And, and it's, it's always going to be there. Well, you still do it. You're yeah. out in the men's league and <laughs> yeah. Ernie, Ernie's playing now in the college division, making these 20 year old kids look silly. I go out there and they make me look silly. So it kind of, it's a good balance between the two of us like and uh, at nine on hockey here. So I think that's great. Obviously tonight we've got uh, kind of the big matchup, the two young guns in the national hockey yeah. league and the last two Calder trophy winners and Connor McDavid facing off against Austin Matthews. So, uh, you know, what are your thoughts for tonight's big matchup? Well, I like, I mean, Edmonton, we talked, has just been on a slide. They haven't been playing well and, Toronto has been playing well, and it's going to be fun to see uh, Connor against Austin tonight. But I, I really think that Toronto is uh, is the better team right now, 
and uh, I think Toronto's going to prevail, but it's going to be fun to watch those two battle it out and see what kind of amazing things they pull off in the game because it just seems like every game that they play, they just make amazing plays or score an unbelievable goal, and it's just fun to watch, fun to watch the game these days. I saw a statistic, and I shared this with you, that I guess Austin Matthews, he didn't have a shot on goal the other night. It was the first time in his National Hockey League career that he did not register a shot on goal, and I, I think it's almost like 105, 106 consecutive games. It just goes to show you how consistent he is and, and yeah. w- you know what type of player he is. But to be able to get a shot on, you know, register a shot in that many consecutive games to start your career is it, just absolutely amazing. Yeah, I mean, this, the, some guys they just want to touch the puck, but uh, he's a special player, and uh, he actually got an assist in that game throwing the puck on the net. It was deflected, so... Um, he continues to to play unbelievable. I'm sure he's going to have five, six shots on goal tonight after getting held uh, shotless last game. No, I think he's. Uh, uh, I would expect a high scoring game. Having yeah. said that, it'll probably end up being one nothing. When we usually <laughs> predict, uh, you know, that I kind of mentioned a little earlier, traveling a little around the country, getting to see some new arenas, and yeah. you know, my quest to try and get to all 31 buildings at this point. And, and it really was interesting to see some of these, uh, you know, new buildings, St. Louis, great town. I know you played there, you yeah. played in that building, uh, quite a bit. And obviously it was fun. Uh, it was actually veterans day when I got to go. Oh, and nice. one of the coolest things, uh, they did a great job saluting our military. And I, I just have such respect for hockey players and the respect that they show for our country and our flag. And some of these people aren't U S citizens and they still, um, have the utmost respect. Um, they had a paratrooper kind of descend from the top of the arena to drop the uh, help drop the puck. Yeah. And then um, during the national anthem, the national anthem singer was just absolutely tremendous. He sang the first few bars of it and then just went silent. 18,000 people oh, in the crowd awesome. continued it on. And I couldn't carry a tune if they gave me a handle for it. But <laughs> it was just such a great moment. And, you know, what a great uh, city to – uh, to to visit and uh, to you know be part of and you know the day before I was in Dallas um, which is actually one of my favorite cities but a five nothing uh, uh, defeat yeah that was about one of the worst games you could have so it was nice for the Islanders to be able to bounce back and 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 get a b- big victory and it seems like the last few Saturday nights again for the Islanders wins in Ottawa they won in St Louis they won in uh, Tampa Bay they you know they won in Nashville about a month or so ago so um, you know it's they, they continue to keep themselves pretty hot and it, it's uh, it's really been you know quite a bit of fun and uh, you know it's kind of squelched the uh, conversation a little bit about whether John Tavares will resign his contract which we hope he does yeah I know you hope he does and the rest of the Islander fans but how many more rinks do you have uh, to complete your mission here I know he's been traveling all the time and it's uh, it's six more so we need the three Western Canadian six ones more. Uh, we're going to do uh, Colorado for New Year's Eve. My daughter and I have spent the last few New Year's Eves with the Islanders. Uh, we were in uh, Buffalo two years ago, last year in Winnipeg. Nice. Yeah. That, that wasn't nice, but it was nice that you got a chance. It to was nice. It. it was a great arena. The Islanders won, so we are pretty fortunate about that. Eating Chinese food at Winnipeg at midnight is probably not the way a 13-year-old girl wants to you know, ring in the new year, but She'll remember she it. remembers it. It'll be, uh, <laughs> it'll be quite funny. So Colorado, this, you know, we still need Colorado and we need Detroit. Yeah. Um, you know, the Islanders actually finish up the season, uh, there. And, uh, uh, what else do we, uh, the three Western Canadian teams and then Vegas, which, uh, you know, plan on, uh, heading out there in uh, January with some of the three twenty nine boys from, awesome. uh, the, you know, the old Coliseum. So should be, uh, should be a lot of fun. So we look forward to that and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens over the course of the next couple of weeks. Uh, and we're going to continue to try and bring these shows to you. We have some guest interviews lined up for 
in the next couple of weeks. But, you know, thank you very much for the feedback that we've gotten. Please continue to rate and review us on uh, iTunes and Stitcher and, uh, you know, v- visit us on 9onhockey.com. Love to be continuing out to send out some of those T-shirts. Love uh, had a couple of them at the, college, uh, the Barclays Center last week with, uh, you know, some of the uh, people there that are fans. But uh, we really do enjoy the show, and I know we're working on trying to do a live uh, broadcast here with the uh, the Florida Everblades. And, you know, I know we've kind of touched on that a little bit, mostly sp- talking about the, uh, the National Hockey League going on. But, you know, what are your thoughts on the ECHL team or Florida Everblades that are a local uh, organization here? Well, they're the hot team in, in the league right now, and they've uh, they've been on a road trip, and they're going to be gone uh, this weekend. We'll be back, but uh, they're the number one team right now in the ECHL are right up there. Uh, winning, winning, and they got a new uh, a new look. I tell Craig Brush, they're the uh, the seventy three Flyers, the Broad Street Bullies. Uh, they've been mixing it up. Oh, they've been mixing it up. They got a big, big team, and uh, it's, it's the games have been fun to come and watch, and they've been entertaining. But uh, they got a mean and nasty team, and they can score, and uh, they got good goaltending. So uh, they're rolling right now, and they're uh, they will be back here next weekend. A big teddy bear toss night on Saturday night. So. That's the game that everybody loves to uh, come, the number one game of the year. And uh, so it'll be fun, and it'll be great to see them back here because they haven't been back in a couple weeks. Now, if I'm not mistaken, the Everblades are the one that created the Teddy Bear Toss. Am I correct? Were they the first organization to do that? They were one of the first organizations to to do that. And as you see it now, everybody does it. The junior teams and uh, the American League teams do it. And uh, it's just a great, great cause. Bring the Teddy Bears after the first goal is thrown out and – Take the children's hospital to deliver to the uh, to the, ch- the sick children, and uh, it's just been a tradition that uh, everybody's doing right now, and it's just been moving along better and better every year. It's just a fun scene to see that uh, first goal get out there and all the teddy bears come down. One of my favorite memories was uh, when I first moved down here was after the first goal was scored there must somebody must have threw out a teddy bear that had to be about four feet tall and you picked it up and you were carrying around on your yeah. shoulders after uh, yeah uh, after that and it's uh, you know touch on that I mean just. The amount of work, and I, I saw today the Islanders were out there at Toys R Us trying to uh, do shopping for kids. What hockey players do for their community is just absolutely amazing. And I think when you, you know, we've talked a little bit what other sports have gone through, and I think some of the branding has been damaged with particularly the National Football League. Um, hockey players are just such a special breed right now. What they do, both on and off the ice for their uh, their communities, is tremendous. Yeah, I mean, hockey players, obviously I'm going to be biased because I was a hockey player, but uh, just all around good guys, no matter. I mean, you see the hockey players out on the ice, uh, the mean, the tough, the fighters. But the game's over. Uh, equipment comes off. I mean, you talk to every hockey player. If you're a fan, and you know, just down to earth guys that want to help out in the community, want to give back, and uh, you know, feel a part of uh, feel a part of the community, being uh, being parts of people's families, and and, and that's what's great. And that was. was what was great for me being down here playing and wherever I was I always felt like a family. It felt like a home no matter everybody in the stands. So, you know, hockey players just do a great job and, you know, other sports do as well, but uh, they just do a fantastic job reaching out in the community, helping out, especially with the children's hospital. And, um, you know, it's just great to be a part of and, and hopefully that will continue to build and, 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 and move forward. And the rest of the sports, you know, carried on that tradition like, uh, like the hockey players have been doing. Awesome. And I think a special shout out, we haven't mentioned this yet, that uh, your jersey is in the Hockey Hall of Fame yeah. right now. And uh, yeah. actually, it's my game used jersey yeah. that I uh, I lent to you. And yeah. uh, um, it's on display. So if you're in Toronto and you're the Hockey Hall of Fame and you're looking uh, in, uh, in you know, at the displays, you'll see my partner's jersey, number nine, sitting there. And uh, I just think that's such a tremendous honor that, 
uh, that your jersey gets to hang in the Hockey Hall of Fame for at least a short period of time. Yeah, for however how long it was, it was, uh, you know, kudos to uh, the Everblaze and Craig Brush and got the phone call and uh, got the jersey put in. They sent me a picture of it. I actually uh, got my passport renewed to uh, to maybe go up there and, and see it, but I don't know. The kids' uh, passports have been delayed, so I don't know if we're going to get a chance to go up there and check it out. But I have pictures, and uh, people have been sending me, uh, you know, congratulations stuff. But it's just uh, it's just an honor to to see uh, to have your jersey in the Hockey Hall of Fame, the mecca of uh, all hockey places, and it's it's just cool to see. And I uh, I'm, I'm sure that uh, my kids they don't know it now, but we'll show them pictures later when they get a little older. Oh, I think it's. Um, I think between all of us, our children have uh, been a little spoiled when it comes oh. to hockey with the uh, the opportunities they've had. So no, I'm. Uh, I think that's great. No, congratulations yeah. and uh, incredibly well deserved. And uh, hopefully someday that jersey will hang in the ECHL Hall of Fame where yeah. it should have been done years ago. Well, so a little hint there to the league, but uh, not so subtle <laughs> like on my, my part. Agent. I always try my best <laughs> my to keep agent, the brand going. Well, again, thanks very much, everyone. We're Ernie and I are going to take the show on the road to uh, see a game in Tampa. So any Lightning fans that are going to be there, hopefully uh, we'll get to say hi to you. But uh, we really do appreciate everyone's support with the show, and we look forward to continuing to bring you more uh, episodes of Nine on Hockey. Have a great week, everyone, and enjoy the games. Bye now.